Jesus Christ. Shortly before he ascended back to the Father, he gathered his disciples together and he told them this. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. In that single verse, he tells them what he is going to do. Send forth his spirit upon them. He tells them why he's going to do it. So that you will receive power. And he tells them the purpose for doing it. So that they can be his witnesses. His promise to the disciples of old is the same promise he makes every man, woman, and child today who confesses their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you accept Christ as your Savior, when you're buried with Him in the waters of baptism, you should hear that same promise in your heart and mind. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. That's what Pentecost is all about. For the ancient people of Israel, Pentecost was a celebration of the grain harvest. It occurred 50 days after Passover. And it was a time to celebrate the abundance of crops that God had given them. Jesus walked this earth for 40 days after his resurrection. And then the Bible says for 10 days, the disciples came together and they prayed and they waited. And then on that 50th day, the day of Pentecost, God did an amazing thing. Prior to that day, God's spirit had been with people. You can read throughout the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit came upon somebody. The Holy Spirit was with somebody. The Holy Spirit allowed somebody to do something for the Lord. But it was always a partial experience and a temporary experience. But now God was doing something new. God was about to pour out his spirit upon his people and the Holy Spirit would not just be a temporary burst of supernatural energy to allow us to do God's work and then leave us, but he was coming to take up residence in our lives and be with us forever. Before Pentecost, Jesus' disciples were looking back. Just imagine what they were thinking. If only Jesus could have been here another 10, 20, 30 years. Just think of the things that could have happened. The things we could have accomplished in, in, through his ministry if he just had more time. They had a looking back faith. But after Pentecost, they were moving forward in faith. They were not thinking about what could have been had Jesus remained. They were thinking about what is God going to do. And I tell you that because that is the situation we found ourselves in as a church. Before we did Breaking Free... We were a looking backward church in many ways. We were looking back at what we did 
Ten years ago, we built a building. Ten years ago, we created space for ministry. But breaking free allows us to move beyond what we have done and look forward to what God will do in the life of this church. And I, for one, am very excited about the next few years of this church's life. And I am grateful to be part of it. What God did, what God will do. The day of Pentecost changed everything. It changed it in the lives of the disciples then, and it it, changes everything in the lives of his followers now. I want to show you a video to let you see the impact of Pentecost. It was seven weeks after Jesus the Messiah was crucified and rose from the grave. Forty days he stayed with us, teaching us about God's kingdom, preparing us for what was to come. We watched as he ascended into heaven. Now we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But we would not be alone, for soon he said a gift was coming. The Spirit of God would make his home in our hearts, bringing wisdom, power, and love. Then, as we were gathered on the day of Pentecost, suddenly we heard a sound like the rushing wind. Out of nowhere appeared tongues of fire descending on each of us. It was incredible to behold. We were filled with the Holy Spirit. God was preparing us because the city was filled with devout men from every nation under heaven. They gathered to hear us preach because each man could understand us in his own language and they were amazed. By the power of the Spirit, we were able to tell them the good news about Jesus Christ in their native tongues. That day, 3,000 of them repented and were baptized. None of us had ever done anything like it in our lives. The Holy Spirit is God's free gift for all who come to believe in Him. You too, by the power of the Spirit, can accomplish great things that you would never imagine yourself capable of. In the Spirit, we have hope, light, comfort, peace, love, and life. My friend, don't let this powerful gift remain dormant in your life. Listen to it, learn from it, and step out in faith. You know, talking about the Holy Spirit is always a little bit tricky. It seems like you can talk about God and people understand that. You can talk about Jesus and people understand that. But when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people often scratch their head and say, well, I don't quite get that. So I wanted to find a a tangible way to talk about the Holy Spirit, kind of an object lesson, if you will. This is a work glove, an ordinary work glove that I would use at home to uh, do yard work. And since it's a work glove, it would be reasonable to expect this glove to work. 
So, I am going to ask this glove to pick up my Bible. All right, I'm going to put my Bible here. Put my glove here. All right, glove, pick up the Bible. Nothing. You know what, you know what the glove needs? The, the glove needs motivation. You know, when you're having a hard time getting somebody to do something, you want to motivate them. So let me motivate. Excuse me, Matt. Okay, glove. Time's running out. The sermon's going on. I need this Bible picked up. You can do it. I know you can do it. And I'll be very proud of you when you do it. Now do it. <laughs> you know what the glove needs. The glove needs training. Training. The glove needs training. You can't, you can't expect somebody to do something they're not trained to do. Okay, glove. Here, I'm going to kind of prop you up here so you can see good. Okay? Now look. The way to pick up a Bible is to take your hand, reach down, those fingers, you got all these fingers, same as I do, take those fingers, grasp Bible, lift Bible. You got it? Reach, grasp, lift. Three steps to successfully picking up a Bible. Okay? Now you try it. Reach. Reach. Okay, here, let me help you with reach. There. Reach. Grasp. Okay, let me, let me help a little bit there with grasp. Lift. I know what the problem is. You know, many people don't work well alone. They need partnership. They need fellowship. They need connection. So, I brought some more gloves. Here we go. There we go. Don't ask me why we have so many pairs of gloves. These all came out of my garage. I don't know. All right, now. Now, look at all that. The encouragement of fellowship right there. All right. Oh. It must, must be Sue's. <laughs> yeah. Ew, a little purple. All right. You don't even want to know what I was doing with that one. <laughs> all right, glove. You've got all these other gloves. They're cheering you on. They're rooting for you. Look at this glove. You're number one. You're number one. All right. Pick up the Bible. Gabriel, my glove is not cooperating. Are you laughing at me? Are you laughing at me? Well, <laughs> all right. Obviously, Joanne, what is my problem? Oh, I've put my hand in the glove. never thought of that. So, if I do this, and pick up the Bible, 
you are a smart woman. I've been pondering this for four days, and I couldn't make I couldn't make it work. That is fantastic. You know, I think, do you get the point by now? Thinking about the Holy Spirit? We are just like this glove. God created us to be able to honor him, to glorify him, to serve him, to do his work in this world. But we don't. When left to ourselves, we don't. Because we are natural people living in a natural world governed by natural laws. So we do what comes naturally. And the Bible says what comes naturally to us is sin. God says pick up his word. We say leave it alone. We were created with the capacity to live a Christian life. But we can't do it because we're just like this glove. The only way this glove does what it was created to do to work is if something enters into it that has power. My hand has power. My hand can animate that previously powerless glove. And now I have the power to trim bushes, to dig holes to trim, uh, use my trimmer around the yard, whatever work I want to do. I have the power to do it because my hand is in the glove. And until the Holy Spirit is part of us, we can't do what God created us to do. And once you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and give your heart to him, you have within you the power to be the person God wants you to be. All right, let's go one step further. One thing I tried to do with the glove was to encourage it with fellowship. I brought all these other gloves around it. And you know, there is some truth to that. Gloves work better in connection with others, don't they? I mean, I could do some work with this one hand in this one glove. But I can do a whole lot more work if I put my other hand in the other glove and they work together. We're the same way. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives individually. Did you catch that in the video? It said when the Holy Spirit came, according to Acts 2, it came upon them and settled upon each one of them individually and appeared as a tongue of fire. It didn't just come upon them as a group. It came to each and every one personally. But then when they went out to do God's work, they went out to do it together. It's kind of like this little thing here. 
Now, don't try this at home, kids. If there's any kids, I am a trained professional. Okay? (laughs) This is called a power tube. It's a sophisticated, high-tech, very expensive device. This cost $1,000 right here. Do you believe that? Smart people. Okay, actually, this is a VBS prop that costs $9.99. But it works for what I want to do. I need, I, I need my, I, some volunteers from the uh, praise team. Uh, two or three. Come on down. Four. That's good. If two of you would get on each side of me. Don't step on my gloves. Um, let's, let's just be in a straight line. Two of you over here. Two of you over here. Now, I'm going to hold this power tube. I've got to get ready. If I do this wrong, I get like a million volts of electricity running through my body. All right. All right, here. Okay, I'm ready. Now, I want us to hold hands. You can just put one on my arm. And as you can see, when we become connected, the power tube lights up and makes noise. As you can see. Okay, try it again. As you can see, the like that stupid glove. I can't get it. Okay. We didn't have a good enough connection. You know what happens sometimes in the church? We come together like, look at this. We got a sanctuary full of people today. But that doesn't mean we're connected, does it? You could walk in here, sit down, worship, and walk out and not talk to another human being if you wanted to. We got to do better than that. We have to have true connection. So here's what we're going to do. Hold hands again. Only this time I want you. Now, I'm, I hope you don't get a million volts of electricity. <laughs> I want you to hold the other end of the power tube. You ready? ready. <sighs> Take deep breath. <sighs> okay, here we go. Squeeze it harder. Are we connected? Doggone it. Okay, wait a minute. I know. I know. That still wasn't a strong enough connection, was it? I mean, we're kind of each holding a hand. And we can do that in the church. We can not only come together, but you could actually greet people. You could say hi to people. You could ask people how they're doing. But you know, that still does not give much room for the Holy Spirit to work in the life of our church. We have to do better. So here's what we're going to do. Um, Let's make a circle around the table. You two link up. Okay, I'm going to link up here. Now, one million volts (laughs) of electricity. And I'm going to hold up here because I want people to see it. Ready? Are you ready? Take a deep breath. (sighs) Here we go. Huh? Huh? Check that out, huh? Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it. Wow. Okay, you guys can sit down. Thank you. Whew. 
I think it made my hair stand up, did it? This one? This one right here? Whoo! That was a rush right there. See, the Holy Spirit needs connection. It can work in my life. I could serve the Lord as an individual Christian and the Holy Spirit would be with me and he would guide me and direct me and empower me and I could do some things for the Lord. But I cannot accomplish the purpose of his church alone. I need each and every one of you. And we can't just be barely connected. We can't just be sort of connected. We have to become fully connected. And when we do, when the Holy Spirit has an entire church full of people connected, there's no stopping him. The power of the witness that we can have in this community, in this nation, and in our world. Pentecost was a great day. A day that the disciples would never forget. And it's not just something that we want to celebrate as history. It's something that we want to celebrate as the reality of our lives together today. As the church of Jesus Christ. Every time we read the Pentecost story in Acts 2, we should pause and we should pray. And our prayer should be simply this. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Continue to pour out your spirit upon your people so that we might serve you better. Lord, we are so grateful that you have given us your spirit. Lord, lead each and every one of us to serve you faithfully and well. And allow us to make those connections with one another that allow your spirit to flow through all of us together, to work through all of us together. You did that for breaking free, Father. We set a goal for our capital campaign that we couldn't possibly do. It was beyond us. Unless your spirit was in it. Unless your spirit showed up in a powerful way to guide your people to respond. And you did. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.